So this past week, uh, with Ash Wednesday, we began the season of Lent. And as I said on Wednesday, Lent is made up of 40 days uh, before Easter minus the Sundays. Uh, those Sundays, including today, are uh, between Ash Wednesday and Easter, are meant to be viewed like little Easters. Uh, often Lent is uh, practice observed by uh, Fasting, fasting from uh, certain foods, certain meals, fasting from a certain thing, uh, um, fasting from a behavior, uh, fasting from anything. Uh, and so Sundays are supposed to be like little Easter's, little boost as you're fasting. You know, you come to church, you get that little boost, you can keep on the rest of the week and through the rest of Lent. Lent is also a time for us to journey with Jesus to the cross. We are invited to come alongside Jesus as he moves closer to, to Jerusalem and to the cross. For us at Metter UMC, we're going to pay particular attention to the words of Jesus as he's heading towards the cross. We're going to listen to Jesus to hear what he has to say to us as he moves closer to the cross. Whenever, whenever we know someone is dying, or even if we, we don't know that they're dying, but we look back over their life, we often remember and hold on to those final words that were spoken, maybe in, in higher regard than, than others. We, we remember those words forever. Well, we're going to do the same with the words of Jesus. Perhaps even some of these words that, that many of us have heard many times, we can hear them with fresh ears as if we're hearing them for the first time. So we begin our 40-day journey with Jesus to the cross on top of a mountain. The Bible is full of mountaintop experiences. God speaks to Moses through a burning bush on top of a mountain. Moses receives the Ten Commandments on top of the mountain. Abraham takes Isaac on top of a mountain to sacrifice only for God to provide a lamb in his place. The Bible's full of mountaintop experiences. And here we have one with Jesus and three of his disciples. The scripture says about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. I read that and it begs the question. Eight days after Jesus said what? What did he say? What did Jesus say eight days before this? Well, what took place right before this passage was Luke 9, 18-27. And it's here where Jesus declares to his disciples to be the Messiah. He declares that the Messiah is sent to die. And he also reveals that to be a disciple of Jesus, one must experience suffering as well. But one of the things that Jesus also says eight days prior to this mountaintop experience really stands out to me. And it's not really a statement, but it's a question. Jesus asked his disciples who the crowds say that he is. The disciples answered Jesus, well, some say John the Baptist, some say, others say Elijah, still others say that you're one of the prophets that's come back to life. Then Jesus turns to his inner circle, the 12 disciples, and he turns to us, and he asks the question, who do you say that I am. 
Who do you say that Jesus is? I, I think that, that's one of, if not the most important question we can all ask ourselves, not just during Lent, but anytime. Who do you say Jesus is? Jesus, you are my eternal life insurance policy. Or, Jesus, you are my helper and my God. Or, Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you're my God. Where are you with Jesus today? Jesus, you are my life, my, my all in all, my, my everything. You may ask, why, why is this important? Well, because how we identify Jesus in our life determines the depth, the depth to which we will listen to him. And if we're going to spend the next 40 days listening to Jesus, we, we might want to decide where we stand with Jesus and who he is to us. If Jesus is just your life insurance policy, your get-out-of-hell-free card, then you might not really care what he has to say. But if Jesus is Lord of your life, you're going to want to wake up and listen. Some of you this morning need to wake up. Just joking, most of you are awake. But we've got to keep moving. We've got to keep moving. We're on a journey. Remember, we're on this journey. So the scripture continues. As he was praying... The appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. This mountaintop experience that we have with Jesus and Moses and Elijah and, and these three disciples is what we call the transfiguration or the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is transformed. His face changes. His clothes change. Moses and Elijah, both who were dead, appear with Jesus and they talk with Jesus. But, but these men were important men, obviously. They, they represented the law, Moses. They represented the prophets, Elijah. And one way of interpreting, interpreting this moment on this mountain is that these two monumental figures of the faith are signifying to these three disciples and ultimately to the world, to us, that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Word, the Law and the Prophets, made flesh. Hey, everybody! He's, here he is, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. We even got a, a spotlight. Shining right on him. Can't you see him? Can't you see him? But then listen to the next verse. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. They were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw. They saw his glory. They weren't really awake. We're not given the time. I guess this was late in the evening. I'm not sure. Or early in the morning. But when they woke up, they saw. Hmm. There's something there. Listen. 
Have you ever been driving somewhere? You're going along. I find this happens when I'm going on a familiar route. I'm going to a familiar. I've driven this road many times. And so I'm driving, and, and uh, maybe you're tired, maybe you're not. I don't know. But you're lost in thought. I mean, you're thinking about your day ahead of you. You're thinking about what happened the day before. You're thinking about what might happen in the coming days. Whatever. You're listening to a podcast. You're listening to something. You're listening to the radio. You're just lost in thought. And you wake up. And you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> Five, ten, fifteen minutes later. And you don't know how you got from point A to point B. You kind of wake up and you realize where you are and you're just thankful that you got there without getting in a wreck because you can't remember how you got there. I do this often driving, well, not often. <laughs> Sorry. I do this sometimes. Uh, when I'm driving to Statesboro, when I, you know, I leave here going on 46, you know, and I get outside of Metter, just outside of Metter, and uh, I'm, I'm lost in thought, and I find myself in register, and I have no idea that I just went through Pulaski. Now, I know that's not really that far-fetching, because Pulaski's not that big, but I mean, when you pass Dollar General, I mean, you know you, know you pass Dollar General, right? Or, I, I did this a lot when I was commuting two hours one way from Adrian, Georgia, to Athens, Georgia, to finish up my last year of undergrad while I was serving my first year under appointment as a pastor. I knew that route the, like the back of my hand. I could drive it blindfold, and I almost did that a couple of times. It's not a good feeling when you're lost in thought, and you, you kind of wake up, and you realize, how in the world did I get here? Listen, I think too many of us are walking around life half asleep half awake, however you want to look at it. We're just going through the motions. We're stuck. We're stuck in a routine or, or stuck in our sometimes detrimental behaviors. We're asleep at the wheel and we need someone to come and slap us upside the head, throw some water on our face. We need to wake up to the reality of Jesus. We need to wake up to perhaps how far off the path we have gotten. And we need to become fully awake, and as the Scripture says, so that we can see the glory of Jesus. They were very sleep. They were very sleepy, but they became fully awake, and they saw the glory of Jesus. So consider this your wake-up call. Jesus is calling. Jesus is speaking to you and to me. And this Lenten season is our opportunity for us to wake up and listen, to listen to him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, all right. Later on in this passage, it says, while he was speaking, this is Peter. Peter's talking to Jesus. It says, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered this cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son. I feel like James Earl Jones needs to be here. This is my son. I am your father. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. I love this. Peter, after fully waking up, 
seeing what was happening, Moses and Elijah standing there with Jesus, he begs Jesus to let him and the other disciples make three tents for, for all three of those men and so they could stay up on the mountaintop forever. Because isn't that what we want to do on a mountaintop experience? We just want to stay there. We want it to last. We, want that, we, we don't want that feeling to stop. We want to hold on to it. But you can't have a mountain without a valley. And usually there's a valley on both sides of the mountain. And so, eventually, we all have to come back down. The majority of our life is spent in the valley. The mountaintop helps us prepare to get through the valley. But I love Peter's talking. Good old Peter, always talking. And he is rudely interrupted by none other than the voice of God. And God tells Peter, and he tells the other disciples, and he tells us to listen to him. Listen to Jesus. You see, to follow Jesus requires obeying him, which requires hearing him, which requires listening to him. And as simple as that might sound, this is the heart of our Lent journey together. We will seek to listen to Jesus. We will avoid the temptation of believing we know what He meant. We will lean into what He actually said. We will hang on His words and ask them to challenge us, shape us, break us, and heal us. You know, to listen to someone means to pay attention to what they say, to their words. You know, over the course of our lifetime, we all do a lot of talking. Some of us more than others. I'm not calling any names. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to get a number in your mind, okay? I want you to get a number in your mind. How many words would you estimate the average person speaks in a lifetime? How many words? Don't say it out loud. By one expert estimate, the average person, I don't, this is such a, it's like a specific number. Average person speaks 860,341,500 words over the course of their lifetime. For me, I just feel like that's low. I don't know. Maybe. That's a big number. But listen, multiply that by your own family alone. And you have the, an idea of the incredible volume of words floating into and out of our lives all the time. Multiply it by the number of people sitting on your row this morning. Or the number of people in the room today. In no time, we are into the billions and billions of words bouncing around us all the time. Now, how many words would you estimate are in, in the Bible? Good old King James Version, we're going to go there. Boasts 783,137 words. Now, how many of those words are the words recorded of Jesus? 36,450. Very roughly speaking, if you take out the duplicated words that are in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it gets us down to less than 20,000 words that we have written down of Jesus. 
Now, I want to be careful here, though. Uh, studies show the average woman speaks approximately 20,000 words a day. The average man speaks approximately 7,000 words a day. A lot of the women are saying, yep, that's about right. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's a whole other sermon series. It's called Listen to Her. Y'all didn't get that. I was expecting just roaring laughter. That's all right. That's fine. I'll go to the altar later. Um, all kidding aside, of the millions of words we speak over the course of our lifetime, the billions of words we will hear, doesn't it make sense that we would want to give our absolute fullness of our attention to the 20,000 so words that we have of Jesus. Spoken by the most significant person in all of history. The Son of God, Jesus, the Christ. The second person of the Trinity, who among those 20,000 words said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Will you make a commitment during this season to actively listen, to actively respond? I know this sounds simple, but it's, a ref, it's the revolutionary way of Jesus. It's a dangerous proposition. There is no way to predict how it will change and transform your life. But the Father cuts through the cloud and makes himself clear. This is my Son, whom I have chosen Listen to him. Over the next six weeks, 40 days, plus six Sundays, we're going to be walking through together the, the gospel of Luke. Luke 9, 18 through 24, verse 8. Approximately 15,000 words of Christ. Of those around 11,000, well, 15,000 words total, 11,000 of those words are the words of Christ. Can we make some time to listen to him? As we make our way down Transfiguration Mountain and begin this journey to the cross, which is the road to resurrection, I want to assure you of this fact. Jesus has something to say to you. How will you hear him? What will it take to get yourself to a place where you can hear him? What will it take for you to wake up and listen? Amen.